Got it. We are being recorded. The red dot is up. Welcome, everybody. This is The Fall Line with Chaos and Company. And before we get going with tonight's awesome, awesome podcast, I just want to put a thanks out there to the friends of the podcast, to Blizzard and Technica for supporting us, and also Nick's Boot Fitting over at Mount Snow. Uh, probably a little late to get your boots fitted right now, but things will be getting going in the fall. And uh, you'll want to jump over there to see those guys, and also to uh, Rollerblade and Miles Cotter Sparrow out there. This is getting into Rollerblade season and skate to ski so get your rollerblades and get out there um i know angela and i are going to try to get out there once it stops raining and we have tonight angelo this is awesome we had ann Sherling on our last podcast and now we have kathy brennan for the second time on the podcast our ceo here in the eastern region of psia aasi and um thanks for being here kath we're we're definitely excited to have you here to chat about the stuff at interski your second full winter season and pretty much anything else you want to chat about because i know the members love hearing from you you've been out there and a lot of access so um thanks for coming on again and uh we had some interesting weather in new hampshire so everything all good over there you're away with all the rain last night yeah, thanks so much, you guys, for bringing me back on. I'm I'm super excited to be here and get a chance to chat with you and share share some things from the past two years. Actually, with everybody, uh, the weather was nuts last night. Uh, my house. I'm coming to you from my house here. I have a metal roof, and listen to that rain pound last night was just insane. I woke up this morning. I have a beautiful pond out behind my house, and the pond was probably up. Yeah, two, three feet because the river kind of overflows into it. And uh, so it, it was a crazy storm. Fortunately, yeah. no damage, just a lot of water. Yeah, looks up north, uh, definitely North Conway, Saco, area. Saco River is over the banks and crazy up there. So a lot of damage up that way. Saw some pictures tonight. And Angelo, he's down there. He's texting us this morning that uh, the wife Amanda saw you know, snow on the cars down there. Yep, winter what? finally showed up May 1st. <laughs> <laughs> May 1st was a hell of a ski season. Better late than never, right? Better <laughs> late than never. She texted me. Oh, I, man. I read it and I'm just like, what, what can you even say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Kath, we got we got to start, Kathy, with just you know you finished your second season as the CEO here in the Eastern Region, and just kind of how is it going? And and was season two different from season one um, as the CEO? And um, absolutely, I, I will ask after you answer those. You know, did you ski more or less than season one as the CEO? Don't ask that one. Um, so, so, uh, definitely different, uh, for sure. You know, season one, I didn't start till October. And so I started and it was like full on winter almost as soon as I started. And so I was really kind of in the honeymoon period because I had no idea what I was doing. So it was really easy to, to get out and hang with the members and go to events and just have a ball out there. And, but, you know, through the course of that experience, I started to realize things that I, I wanted to do differently, things that should have been done differently and some changes I wanted to make. And, and so as I rolled into year two, there's, there's definitely things that I adjusted, things I needed to take more responsibility for in the office. And so it was, it was definitely harder on season two for me to pull myself away from that day to day operations that I, had no idea I was supposed to be doing it for one. Uh, and, you know, so 
So that was that was definitely a change um, for me. But I still I still made a point of getting out there. Um, I know we'll, I'm sure we'll chat a little bit later about my listening tour. But I, I got to 28, 29 resorts, which was the same number I got to last year. So got got out there, got to talk to a ton of members at a ton of different places. And so that that's the favorite part of my job. Absolutely. Um, so it was it was another great year. Still love the job, I guess, is the bottom line. Well, after that, we're hoping. We're hoping you still love it. You said it was your dream job, so we don't want that dream to end. Yeah. So, um, this year was an interski year, interski twenty twenty three, and I know Angela also went. You went. Um, can you just give us your thoughts on the experience going to Levy, Finland, and um, how this experience compared to other interskis? Because I know you've been to at least two other interskis. Um, so, you know, how did this compare? I mean, you were the CEO this time, but you know, what was the experience like going to Levy? Well, first of all, it, it was Levy, and what an amazing opportunity to get up near the Arctic Circle and and just see an amazing portion of the world. And and you know, inner ski is an ideal event for me, right? Because I'm an instructor, and inner ski is all about how do we be better instructors and getting a chance to share and exchange with people from all around the world. So I, for me, it's just, it's something that I can't miss. When I went to my first interski, which was in St. Anton back in 2011, I I had dreams of getting on the national team. And I went to that event because I was looking for the opportunity, you know, what's, what's going to help me? What's going to give me an edge? What's going to, you know, give me more information to take to that tryout? When I went to Bulgaria, my second one, I was the development team coach, and I was really interested in that point about uh, how do I, how do we think about teaching our students and our members, and what's the best way to be getting kind of a learning progression across to them, and what other ideas can I steal from other countries? And and so this one was very different for me because being the CEO. I'm in charge of all of the disciplines. And so I very intentionally went to this one, not with a focus on Alpine, but, you know, how many different disciplines can I check out while I was there? So I didn't get to all of them, but I definitely got a chance to uh, play in, in some different arenas than I have in the past, which was really cool. Yeah, because that was that was part of my thought process was how much of you is in that ed staff mind, the examiner, ed staff member, ed, uh, you know, teaching and coaching that you still do out there, but then also the CEO. Um, so what were some of the sessions you did attend? Um, did you you said you did some of the other disciplines? So, you know, were they were they on snow sessions and off snow that you focused on that? Yeah, I, I'm fairly certain I freaked the Argentinian team up out when I showed up to their snowboard session on my Alpine gear. And they're like, uh, <laughs> what are you doing here? And their their session was on fear, empathy, and snowboarding. And I mean, fear and empathy are topics that affect all of us. So I figured, what difference does it make what gear I show up on? And, and you know, one of the things that I've discovered, oh, not just since I've been CEO, but in some of my prior experiences... If you show up to an event, you show up with an open mind and an open heart. It doesn't matter what year you're on. They're going to, they're going to welcome you into that experience. And, 
So once they they calmed down and stopped worrying about the gear I was on, I I had an awesome experience. What they did is, and I think the reason they were freaked out is because they brought a bunch of foam and, and things to put their snowboarders out of balance in their equipment. And the goal was to to make them uncomfortable so that they could feel empathy and remember kind of what that learning process was all about. And so they didn't they didn't know how to do that for me. And so I just I unbuckled my boots as much as I could. I dropped my poles. I dropped one ski. And trust me, I I felt plenty of empathy. So, um, (laughs) but, you know, what was interesting about Argentina is. Um, the, the same way that we have our motor skill development, that we have that cognitive, associative, and autonomous phases, they have a very similar model. They've got their own unique names for it. They, they've got a concentration phase, and they've got a challenge phase, I think is the other one. can't remember exactly. And then kind of that autonomous phase. And what they were talking about is signals that people are in certain phases based upon the way that they move and the way that they they look around and and maybe the questions that they ask and if they're in a particular phase what can we do to help support them in that phase can do we need to provide them with more information do we need to provide them with kind of an extra hand or an extra bit of support do we need to turn the terrain down to allow them to be successful as they move into that next phase and that all was you know that's applicable to any discipline so it was an awesome experience it was really cool that was yeah, definitely one cool, of them some cool stuff to uh think about in our our learning connection model of adapting to the changing needs of the learner um kind of fits into that yeah so angela you didn't go to that one huh no i i didn't go to that one but i was <laughs> i was surprised you know pleasantly surprised how many of the countries did deal with the kind of affective realm of of mm-hmm. of what we do you know and i i heard similar stuff from the germans um definitely the czechs are are, are dealing with um learning and fear and it, and it was it's cool and, and you know that the whole thing that event and then just the fact that so many of them were covering similar topics just it makes the world feel pretty small you know it makes the Makes you realize that you have more in common than 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 different. You know, I thought, yeah. yeah. So there was definitely the sessions and stuff, but um, and this is you know I haven't told Angela, but this is a question for both of you, which I I asked Angela this on the podcast we did with just him when he first got back. But you know, Kathy, what were the conversations? outside of the scheduled things like did you have like people you wanted to go see or meet or were there connections you made with people in certain sessions um i'm just curious because i know in our training sessions here in the east or anything i've gone for years it's it's always those conversations that are outside of the programs a lot of time that a lot of the learning goes on or you kind of get one-on-one or a small group chatting and i'm just you know and it's over a beer that process time end of the day having a beer or wine or maybe a bourbon um but what were those times like outside the sessions was there a lot of things you were looking to do there or was it kind of some free time um well one of the things i went with a specific attention to do is i wanted a chance to talk to the canadian team 
because I honestly want to try to figure out if there is a way that we, particularly on the East Coast, can work more closely together. So could we bring some of the Canadian team members down to our Pro Jam or Masters Academy event? Uh, I know the Canadians are having a women's summit coming up next winter. So is that something that we could participate in or our members could go up to? And so I wanted to, I've met Perry before. I've skied with Perry, kind of the the national uh, Canadian executive director or CEO. I've met him before, but this was a chance to reconnect with him uh, now that I've been in the job a little bit longer and, and try to talk about that stuff. And and obviously there's some challenges, you know, trying to, to work cross country, but we know that down at the National Academy, we had team members from all over the world that were at the Academy and somehow we figured out how to make it work. So I really want to try to continue to explore that as an option. So that was one that I specifically sought out. And then the other ones just sort of evolve by who you end up sitting on a lift with or who you get paired with at lunch or who you end up getting paired with uh, up during the event. Uh, I mean, one of the other favorite events that I went to is I went to uh, the Chechia cross country event. And Mm. so I I ran into the rental shop and rented some cross country gear. Should have thought of bringing a hat. So I showed up to the cross country event with my helmet on because that was the only head covering I had. So I pretty much looked like a nerd from the get go. Um, Explained that, you know, cross country was not my primary discipline, but their whole focus was all on um, creating fun. And, And, you know, one of the cool things that I'm bringing back from that particular session was they played lots of like tag games and they did lots of sliding down the hill just over and over again to, you know, accept the slide. But things that I hadn't seen before is playing tag while you're having to hold someone else's hand while you each have a ski on your foot. Now that requires an added degree of coordination that you're not like stepping on each other and running into each other or, or as you slide down the hill, having a bunch of people lined up and you're, you're all trying to flex and extend in a wave or, alternate or pull people forward and pull people back and they were it was so much fun here's a group of adults all laughing and trying it and having a good time and i could totally picture um people uh you know in my lessons that would enjoy those types of things but then you know all of a sudden you're holding hands with this person playing tag and you start to have a conversation about where are you from what do you do you know, what what inspires you about skiing and and so it's those types of questions that evolve that um one of the things that was really really cool for me was to hear over and over again how impressed other people were with all of the stuff the american team was doing and you know that really makes me feel like we are on the right track in the us particularly with our people skills the decision making pieces that were we're tapping into. And, and I found lots of times people had way more questions than I had time to kind of squeeze mine in, mine in because they really, really wanted to know what our approach was. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know Angelo was busy over there. He was uh, going to this, going to that. And, and it was fun because here in, here at home, you know, if you get online, you could see a lot of what was going on. We had, there was live stream, you know, webcam of the demo hill. So if you kind of knew when it was going on, you could watch some of the demo stuff. Um, you could definitely, the keynotes were live streamed. So you could get on those. I think they were like here in the East, it was like 10, 1030 in the morning. Um, so I was definitely on there listening to some of that with my, uh, earbuds in while I was working in the greenhouse. 
But um, yeah, I, I think people miss that, that, um, you know, why I think it's important that, and I think it was great that you were there and you've gone to ones before you, the CEO, but to have our leaders go to these types of events to, to mingle. And like, you're talking about the, the Canadians in the, in the women's program that they're going to be doing up there to be able to have our members connect with that in some way, if it's possible, but without those connections and meeting face to face, just on the phone, that kind of stuff, it's hard to make those connections. I think this is, it's a huge thing. And, and interski only happened in every four years. It's a pretty big deal to use that opportunity. Um, cause I, I imagine Angela, you got a, you have a few people you met over there. You've probably stayed in contact with and will. Yeah. Um, it's, it's wild. You, I, I don't know if this happens to everybody, but I kind of ended up in multiple sessions with, with the same people just by chance. Uh, guy named Eric from the Swedish national team and a really cool kid named David from the, um, he's from the Netherlands. He was on their national team. And, um, I don't know, you know, you make, you make connections with people and you have a great, uh, two and a half hour session. And then you're, you know, you obviously hit them up on Facebook and then you stay in touch. It's cool. And, you know, I had conversations with Perry in Interski that then we got to continue at National Academy last week. So the, the world gets pretty small when you, you know, when you factor in Facebook and go into these events and, and you've got such a strong connection anyway, because we're all there for the same reason. So I, I think, you know, the friendships kind of just sort of happen instantly. Yeah. I think that that's a really important comment too. Um, for a lot of our members who might be anxious about going to an event in the East or going to the National Academy or signing up for Interski, you know, it's, it's great when you can go with a friend or your, you know, a family member, but you don't have to because as soon as you go to that event, you're immediately surrounded by like-minded people. You're immediately going to make connections and make new friends. And so, I highly encourage somebody, if, if the thing that's holding you back is because you can't find somebody to go with you, then go anyway, because you're going to find a whole lot of people there that are going to pull you in and, and make you feel part of the team. Yeah. So what was the biggest thing impact? What was the biggest impactful thing that for you, Kathy, as the CEO of Interski, was there one thing that kind of stands out and that you're like, wow, this was really cool. I, I'm bringing this home. Or even if it's just something that you're, it's like, man, this is, has me thinking about something that maybe we can do in the future. Well, you know, I, I definitely mentioned, you know, at me personally, not as CEO, but me as an instructor, I mentioned those cross country activities, pairing people mm -hmm. up and things like that it was just something, you know, I've been in this long enough that it's, I don't always see new things. And so whenever I see something new, I'm always like, oh, that's a cool idea. Why didn't I think of that? And so that was, that was a cool piece. And then the other thing that was really impactful for me was to see, you know, like I said, that we're really on the right track with our people skills and the decision making process pieces that we're putting out there. Um, you know, um, uh, and I lost my, my train of thought there. But um, so those were two definitely key ones. The other one, um, I know I, I listened to Angelo, you and Dave did a session about your interski experience. And you talked about Ann Shorling's uh, keynote presentation. And it, it would be impossible to walk away from that event and without saying that that was impactful. Um, you know, particularly as a female who has kind of come up through the ranks, you know, things that she talked about absolutely resonated with me. 
you know, for me, thinking about how do we promote women in our organization, how do we get women into level three and on into our ed staff is something I've been thinking about long before I became the CEO. You know, what, what are things that we can do that will help support that? But listening to some of the information that Anne provided, you know, one of the things that I really loved was, you know, something that they implemented at Big Sky was when a guest calls up and requests a female instructor, they say that they can't guarantee a female instructor, but they start talking about what are the attributes that you're looking for out of that instructor. And it's things like patience, kindness, energy, you know, friendly, uh, you know, whatever the attributes might be. But those attributes are not strictly female. You you find those in any person. And so when you start thinking about them, what are the qualities of the instructor that you want to have? And not specifically about the gender. Now you open it up to a, a much larger pool of instructors out there that are going to be able to to meet or and exceed that guest's expectations. And so that's definitely a message that I want to bring back um, to our, our resorts here in the East and something I think they could easily start to implement right away. Some of the other things that Anne brought up about, you know, she called them skewed groups. And it's the idea when, when Less than 30% of the group is, is a minority and how what happens in that environment is the majority just assumes everybody is like them. And the minority sometimes will, will try to pretend they're like the majority or sometimes it will actually disrupt the relationships of the people in that minority. They might, they might end up feeling like they're in competition with one another and, and, you know, we're certainly in that situation, just with just raw numbers in a lot of different ways. It's not just male and female, but it's some of our other demographics, some of the other different nationalities, ethnic backgrounds of our, our membership, where people are showing up and they, they feel like they're alone or they're unique. And so what are things that we can do that will help to, to support them, to promote them, to help them feel like they're an environment that's going to allow them to be more successful. So that that's definitely an area that I believe we had work we needed to do. There's more work that needs to be done. I look forward to getting Anne more involved in, in presentations here in the Eastern region if she's up for making the trip across the country. Um, because it's just it's it's really powerful stuff and and there's a lot of areas room for improvement there. Yeah. I think that was probably a it, if not the most impactful piece of industry, it had to be pretty much up there in the top five with Ann's keynote on uh, gender equity. I mean, it was it was watching that from home here in the East um, to, to hear the standing ovation at the end and then, and then hear the stuff coming back that it was the largest audience for any of the keynotes um, that it, it had, you know, the only one with a standing ovation and just the support that I think it had um, and the information she gave was huge. That was absolutely key. And when Angela and I talked to Ann last week, we definitely said something about trying to get her to come out here for a snow sports management seminar, which is not my decision, but, um, you know, hopefully we'll have that go to the uh, snow sports management committee and see if they're looking to have that happen. Uh, that'd be pretty I, cool if we could get her out. So I can tell you, I've already suggested it, the snow sports management committee, and I've already reached out to Ann. And so oh. 
but who knows if we can make it happen. Um, but I think it would be great. And, you know, yeah, when you talk about it being impactful, the next morning I was in a gondola with a group. I, I don't remember what group I had the next morning, but one of my, one of the people on the gondola with me was an Austrian team member and their team is all male. And he commented, he brought it up and he started talking about it. And he said it made him think about what they need to do differently. And, you know, that's, that's just awesome to see what an impact that presentation had and in, in making people start thinking about it. So, great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we asked, um, Ann on the podcast, which if people listened to the one last week with Ann that, that, um, you know, did she realize the impact that she's had or has it sunk in yet? And it hadn't really sunk in. She said it's starting to, but, uh, you know, hopefully over time she'll really know. And I think she's going to see some, some really cool things come back that she made a big impact, bigger than she, she knows right now. Um, cause it was neat that it wasn't a just, you know, bash on this or that. It was really, how do we work together to get more people to come skiing and how do we get women, um, motivated? Cause you know, later in here, we're going to talk a little bit about that. You know, how do we get more women to come to our tryouts? Um, you know, like our Eastern team tryout, we had only two out of 20 there. And I mean, you were there, Kathy, and you know, it's challenging when we only have, you know, the pool is so small, um, we need that pool to be bigger to get more people on the team. I, I just, is there anything you wanted to say on that? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you want to save this conversation for later, but it's, it's a really important conversation. And, you know, I can, I can say that there, there were a couple of other women that might have been eligible to show up at that tryout. Um, but, you know, one was expecting another one had just come off a pretty major injury. So they weren't in a position to be there. Um, and I think if we look back at our history in the East, there was about a 12 year gap between when we had put a woman on our development team and we had mm. selected very small teams. There were no women that were selected. I'm not, I'm not sure whether women tried out or not. It's possible women weren't even trying out, but. You know, and I think now we're seeing the impact of having that gap. And maybe you, you and I know that a handful of years ago, as I became development team coach, we, we had a conversation about we need to take responsibility for helping people within our Eastern region to develop the skills that they need to be on the edge staff. And so in years ago, the approach was, You'd show up for the tryout and you kind of had to be at that ed staff level or you weren't selected. And we made a decision to open the doors a little wider to get people that have potential, that have, you know, that are coachable, that have personalities and have skill sets that we want on the team and then take responsibility for helping them to go that extra step. Because if we don't take ownership for that, they're going to they're going to drop out, they're going to move to a different region, they're going to decide they can't do this for a living. What we're just going to lose them. And I think one of the impacts we saw of that is we started to see more women getting into the development team and and you know last year's development team tryout we took 12 and 9 of them were women and I you know those women are getting great reviews out there but they're very much in their training role right now and so I'm looking forward to what our Eastern team tryout is going to look like in a couple of years, but it, we just weren't there this year. And, 
you know, I was at that tryout. We had uh, Murmur Blakesley, a former national team member, Sue Kramer, our current examiner coach. They were both there. Um, we had Matt and Jeb Boyd. So we had two managers slash coaches of the national team. We had two other current team members, Brian and Troy as selectors. So the people that were there who were selecting this team were very knowledgeable about what it takes to make a bid for a national team trial. And, and we talked about it. We talked about, you know, wait a minute. We have, we have no women in this pool. And is that okay? And as you know, Dave, to, to try out for the national team is, it's a big deal. I mean, it is expensive. It, there's lost wages. There's money for travel. There's, you know, it's, there's a commitment. It, it takes a whole, the support of your whole family and community. Um, and so you want to be sure if you're putting somebody on that path that, you know, they're, they're ready for that. And so while I'm sure the women, um, who, who tried out, uh, I'm sure they're disappointed. Um, but we want to, we have some plans of things that we can do to support them. Um, we have some changes. We could talk about this later, changes to the way we've changed our structure in the East on how you're an ed staff person that helps promote um, development within our Eastern region. And so I think we're on the right track, but I do feel like right now we're, we're still suffering a little bit from, there's just not enough women there. So, Yeah. And, and yeah, I am going to jump ahead just because we're in the conversation. We can just kind of mingle it around that, um, you know, next season is, is a year for development team tryout, um, for the, Al for the Alpine Ed staff. I know um, I have to make sure, but like people go, well, I'm in snowboard, I'm in telly. I mean, so, but the Alpine, we're having it next year. Um, and so this is the entry place for the Alpine world to be able to get on the Alpine Eastern Ed staff is the development team tryout. Um, and I'm the development team coach right now. So next year, I'll be putting that together. Um, and, you know, hopefully we'll be able to see a big pool. I mean, I'm looking, hoping we get a big tryout like we did last time. Um, and, and I'm just, and, you know, as the CEO, I, I think you can, you know, chat a little bit about, you know, we made some changes with the categories and, and it's also, you know, what would you say to the members out there, the listeners, you know, that are thinking about it that, um, you know, that may not be sure if they're ready. Like, should they go anyways? What is the prep to go? You know, we talked about to Ann, with Ann about that. I asked the question to Ann last week, you know, how do we encourage them? How do we say, you know, definitely. And she's like, well, definitely go up to them and say, you know, you should go, which we do. But what about those ones we don't see that I don't get to ski with that? I go, wow, this person should really go. And we'd like to see them there. You know, what, what are some of your thoughts as a CEO to help us get the word out to get that big group there? You know, I, first of all, you know, going out, going out to anybody that's listening, if, it, if you're on our ed staff, if you're a leader in the Eastern region, if you're a trainer, I, I know that when I was out running clinics and exams, if I saw someone, even in their level one or their level two that had that spark, at some point over those two days, I'd say, I can't wait to see you at a dev team tryout someday. That's all I'd say. I just leave it at that, but just to plant that seed. And so I hope that other people are doing that. I hope that there's other people out there in the region that are encouraging folks. And, and to talk about the changes to our kind of our structure for our ed staff, I mean, it's really, it's an, it's an internal change, but I think it's important for our membership to understand why we did it and, and what the change is. And 
So we still do have that tryout. There's that initial tryout to get into our development team. And, and I think that that's an important tryout because there's so many people out there with potential. We, we can't take everybody. We just can't afford to do that as a business. And so we need some, some way to kind of decide, Hey, who, who wants to do this and who can does do this at this moment? So, so that's why the tryout exists. But once you are in, then your tryouts are done. So in the past, you would get in and you would have to retry out every four years and you'd have to try out to get elevated. And we've eliminated those tryouts. And so, for example, um, we have what's called the advanced training program now that our staff apply to become part of. And you apply by showing what's your interest, what's your body of work, who's giving you a good reference, and, and what do you want to do? Do you want to be able to run events in another discipline? Do you want to maybe score a tryout? Do you want to try out for the national team? Do you want to be working more level three events or coaching the ed staff or, or whatever your, whatever your particular thing is? But now you, there is a way short of a tryout that happens every two years. Which, quite frankly, what if what if you happen to be injured? What if you're expecting? What if you know that just doesn't fit into your calendar when that event happens? And now all of a sudden you have to wait two more years. So so now that is kind of taken out of the equation a bit. And so now you apply, you get selected into that training program. You have two years in that training program, and and at the end of that training program. You may get elevated, you may not, but if you don't get elevated, you're still doing the job that you had, which I think is really cool versus, oh, you didn't get in. So now you're, now where do you stand? You're, you're kind of in a weird limbo. So I think that that is really cool. Um, yeah. and as I said before, we are trying to open the doors wider. We are trying to take responsibility. So we are still expecting our folks to show up and to ski at a very high level. So don't think by me saying this, everybody should show up. You got to be ready. And the, and the things you want to be working on is this summer, you want to be looking at videos. You want to be working on your movement analysis. You want to be quick and accurate so that when you're working with a group out there, you're instantly being able to give them feedback, adjusting your program for the specific needs of everybody in that group. And that takes practice. You also want to be reading some books, looking at old videos, make sure you under, understand our history and make sure you know the vocabulary. So when somebody asks you a question, you understand it. You know what they're asking you. If, if that question pulls up some old words that you haven't heard in a long time, be sure you know what it is. The other thing that I'd say is be an athlete. And that doesn't mean you start prepping in October for your winter season. That means you're an athlete all year round. You are already thinking about your training program. And, and when you're training this summer, think about how whatever you're doing relates to snow sports. So for example, if you're doing any sort of jump training, you can jump in the air and you can turn to the left and you can turn to the right. Or you can jump in the air and you can turn just your legs to the left and just your legs to the right. And which of those is going to be more like what we need to do as a skier? What, what are the skills there? I mean, we really need to create that upper lower body separation. So make sure you're thinking about that. Think about it when you're on your bike out there. Think about it when you're running through the woods. How does this, these movements connect to what I do on the hill? 
And then the last thing, you know, if you can do some summer skiing, we talked about this the last time I was on here, how cool it is, how connected you stay to your movement patterns. And I was talking to some of the folks in the Western region. Mammoth is talking about being open into August. So there are opportunities this year to ski in the summer that don't mean going to South America or getting lane space at Mount Hood. So consider, consider taking advantage of that. Angelo might. Well, hell, we had (laughs) snow here today. We'll just ski in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Pennsylvania. (laughs) But it's great though, Kath, for you to say that the, you know, they need to get ready now. And and there it is. See the CEO of the East, KB, Kathy Brennan said, it's time now. And and that's what I think, you know, people don't realize that now's the time to start thinking, to start reading all those things you just mentioned and and to be the athlete, to get in shape, um, get on the bike. I mean, I, I I'm dying to get on the bike, but I gotta greenhouses are number one. And then hopefully in June I'll start getting on the bike because I'm looking at some of the miles that some of the crew are putting on Strava. And it's like, yeah, they're way ahead of me already but um i'll try to catch up some of them i'll never catch up there's no way i'm catching up to greg dolbeck man i don't know how many he puts thousands of miles on um but it's pretty awesome but yeah it's that that keeping your mind into it keeping your body into it and and being ready you know and it i think that transfers down to our to our assessments you know the same thing especially going to level three having being that athlete you know and, and not starting to prep three days before pro gym because you're going to the college and you're going to be taking the assessment on Thursday. Um, you know, now's the time to start thinking about how you're going to get ready, uh, which is, would be, would make it a lot easier for everybody scoring. Um, so yeah, I, I think that just fit in there as we were going that way, Kath, but uh, something, something more on the uh, back to the season, this winter season as a CEO. Do you have a couple things, hopefully more than a couple, but like what's on the top of the list that you felt were successes um, for the staff, for the members, both? Were there some things that you can go, wow, this is on the success list? Um, you know, I was I was really proud that we had our, our biggest pro jam, Masters Academy and Spring Rally events of the year. Um, I think that those events are great. That can also be seen as a negative, right? That we can't. We have more demand than we can fulfill there. And so so while I consider that a win, I'm also like, uh, how, how are we going to satisfy those members that aren't getting able, aren't able to get into that event? Um, I definitely think that our staff is getting more comfortable with our assessment process and the new assessment forms. And I, th- I personally think these new assessment forms are great. Um, but it's a lot of information. There's a lot of things to be checked off. And I know if I was still doing assessments, I'd be anxious about that. And so I, I kind of think of it in the motor skill development realm. You know, we, like I mentioned earlier, we have that cognitive associative effective. And I think last season, a lot of our staff were in that cognitive phase of running assessments. They're, they're thinking about, oh my goodness, I have all these things and they all need scores. And, so there was a lot of mental energy involved with creating the score sheets. And I think this year, our staff moved more into that associative phase. They could start to make some connections between what was going on on the Hill and filling out that form. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, some of our staff who are doing a lot of assessments, I'm sure have already moved into this phase, but other, mem- other members of our staff moving into that autonomous phase 
where they're connecting with the guests dur- during the assessment and they're able to kind of make adjustments out there on the hill and and make it a, a more enjoyable uh, if you can make an assessment more enjoyable, but just help that process to flow a little bit more smoothly. So I think we're on the right track there. I think we made some progress, um, but I th- I think that that's that's a win that we're I- I'm going to chalk up for. Yeah. How about adapting? Um, I think it was a tough one this season. I mean, I, I'm not sure how, but I know there was a lot of adapting for events in the office. I mean, over in Angelo's area, it was pretty tough early. You weren't yeah. too happy early season, Angelo. It you was know? it was a tough year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, it remind, I was I was in a well, I, we had a week's worth of events at Seven Springs, and Tuesday and Wednesday that week I was doing a stance and alignment with Greg Hoffman, which is always just a. I mean, you learn a ton, and it's a he's a hoot, so it's a great event. We're wrapping it up. Three, it's like 3.40 p.m. on Wednesday, right? We're, we're taking our last chair ride and we're going to say our goodbyes. And I get a text message that Seven Springs was going to be closed the next two days. <laughs> and we were, we were scheduled to do an FS1. Mike Logston and I were running, each running a group. And the, the office, James and, and I think Melissa was involved and I think Don was involved. And that whole office kicked into gear and the Seven Springs crew kicked into gear. And long story short, within 45 minutes, like like by four o'clock, we had secured uh, Hidden Valley to do the event. All the participants had been informed and knew to report to Hidden Valley the next day. And it was like it was it went as smoothly as it possibly could. That's a that's a testament to the to our Eastern region office and the folks at seven Springs. But that was, I think that was a pretty typical gig this year, that, that yeah. kind of uh, scrambling. I, I hate to say that it happened more than once. Um, and so huge kudos go out to our office staff and our ed staff for being flexible, helping to get the word out. Thank you very much to the members who were flexible you know, sometimes they had hotel arrangements, they had travel arrangements, sometimes they showed up at the wrong place and had to head over to the other place. And so, you know, huge kudos to all of them, but also to our host resorts, you know, when other resorts stepped up at the last minute and said, yep, we're, we're willing to make this happen. Um, just so grateful, so grateful to everybody that was out there. Just, it was big. Thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, that's and it must it must add some challenges though, because it, it I mean it takes time. I mean, I know, you know, you got stuff you're supposed to be doing, and all of a sudden you got to push that to the side, and people in the office have to push it aside. I mean, it definitely piles up, and we had some at different times during the season, multiple times during the season. It was pretty challenging um, to get things done. I mean, and I know some of it because I'm calling Don or calling Karen Haringer. And, but, um, you know, a lot of people have no idea. A lot of that goes on and then wonder, you know, like what's going on. And it's like, sometimes a lot of stuff is going on that you don't know about. And it's amazing when you find out some of that stuff of the successes that people don't realize are happening. Well, when you think about it, we did, uh, I want to say we did just shy of 500 events this year, um, l- over 5,000 participants in those events. That's and, good. you know, we, our member numbers are up over 10,000 for the first time in a handful of years. 
we have the most new members we've seen um, in the last 20 years. So despite the weather that we saw um, in the mid-Atlantic and, and everywhere, actually, early season, um, we're really doing some very positive things here in the East. And I think the I think the instructors that are out there, I think the members that are out there appreciate it and are being really supportive. So it's great. Yeah. And I, I think another positive was seeing the the amount of Eastern staff and your leaders, some of your leaders going to Interski. Um, there was some there were some big, big names going over there to Interski and some uh, some of my dev team members that are also Ed staff members, ACE team members. Um, and Sue Kramer was there. Angelo was there. Um, some other folks. Um, then it was cool to see Chris Saylor from Akimo. Chris was there. And I mean, a bunch of people. I mean, who else was over there? So there was there was 124 people, um, you know, members and staff that went from the United States. Of that 124, there were 46 from the East, and so that included our nine team members, right? So Jeb and Matt, Brian Smith, Brian Donovan, Troy, uh, Mike Ma, Jeff Krill, Amy um, Gam, and uh, Keith Rodney. And then there was eight people from our ed staff. So Angelo, that you've mentioned, you mentioned Sue Kramer. We also had Pam Green, uh, Patrick McCord, yeah. Harold Smith, Maureen Drummy, uh, Alex Smith. Did I miss? Did I get everybody? Tina. Tina Buckley. Yeah. And, and if you yeah. count me, that makes nine staff people from the East. And then the, the remainder of that 46 were, were Eastern members. Um, and that just, it was so cool to see. It was very inspiring to me to see people investing in their education. They're, they're taking vacation time or time away from paid work. They're paying for the event. They're paying for the travel, which is not insignificant to go to Finland. And to see these people choosing to do that is just, it's, it's just so wonderful. Um, it's really inspirational. And I hope the members out there are inspired by that. And, you know, I, I think it's important to mention here, I think something that maybe a lot of our membership don't realize, but our national team members that go to Interski, they get their expenses covered, but they are not paid for their time over there. And so that's a, that's a pretty big nut right there where they go over and they work really hard, long days out there for, you know, for the, the people that are there sharing what we do. Um, and, you know, to do that, they're, they're away from paid work to do that for the week is just huge. And I can't even imagine the countless number of volunteer hours that were spent prior to showing up there to put those presentations together. And, so I think it's an important thing for our members uh, to be aware of. They should they should feel like they're getting a lot of value out of that event, for sure. And I, I just want to mention, too, <clears throat> to add to that, National Academy 2022, last season at Big Sky, the team was going out at like 7, 7.30 in the morning before the academy session started to practice their synchro. And then having meetings afterward, like if anybody's been to an academy, you do a lot of skiing, a lot of big mountain skiing, and it's exhausting. And they had hours bookended on 
both ends of the of the day and then had to go out and run these groups all day and it it's a huge commitment i mean it's really impressive the amount of work they do to make us all better and and the other piece of it too is you know they are equally there for the learning experience so when they're not leading a group they're participating in groups they're they're watching the tech runs and they're jumping into the clinics being offered and so they're getting the same amount of information as the rest of us to bring back that's going to influence you know the clinics that they run but also the direction of the uh, PSIASI so it's really cool and we should be very grateful to, to all of them Sure. Yeah, and and it looked like Sue had quite a few people in her cool hats that she makes. She did her headgear hat. Yeah, they, they looked like quite a few of those hats were going on. She must have had. Uh, she was pretty busy and spent some time knitting all them, getting them going. So that was cool. You could definitely could definitely see the hats if you were looking on because I was looking. Well, you saw them in the pictures, but the live streams and that it was funny because you could you could watch one of the webcams. And you couldn't see the stage where you guys were out there at, at night, and but you could see the crowd. So you couldn't see what was going on on the stage, but you could see the crowd and the crew out there. So it was kind of fun watching that. Um, so, you know, so I know if I could just, yeah. if I could just yeah. say one more thing on that topic too is um, I think that it is really important for us to get out of our own bubble, and we mm. see that right here within our own region. You see it when you travel from one resort to the next, or if you travel from the Northeast down to the Southern areas, you see differences in, in thought processes, language that are used, activities that are used. And, and so anytime we, we put ourselves out to go to a national event, we go to something like Interski and you get to see these different ideas from people. It really makes you question, you know, what you're doing, why you're doing it, what you believe in. And that is just, it's so important. And it really helps us to make sure that we're on target. So I, again, I can't thank our staff people, our Eastern members enough for going to that event, to, to taking that all in. Angelo, thank you for being there. Um, it just makes us all better at what we do. Cool. Yeah. And, um, but we have a lot of successes and i and i always know though that you're always looking i know kathy brennan is definitely looking at okay where do we improve what do we get better at you know what's on the list that that you've been looking at and, and talking with the office staff or talking with your leaders and coaches and and saying hey we need to make some changes or we need to figure out how to make this better is there stuff schedule wise that maybe it's just because of weather we need some some better plan B's or is there some stuff education wise? Is there things on the table education wise? Um, will the region be looking into some different educational events? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I mean, the ed staff talks a lot of uh, us as examiners and, you know, I don't, the members sometimes don't believe it, but we'd love to see the pass rate be much, much higher at the assessments. It makes our day very easy. And the end of the day is super easy when more people pass. If everybody passed, what a great day that would be at level two and three. So, you know, are there things in the works in any of those or some things you want to share? Are there things you want to keep secret? I keep a few things secret. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. You kind of prepped me with some of these questions. And yeah. when you asked me about successes, I really struggled. It's like, oh, what was success? Uh, you know, last lapse was great. And, you know, the reorganization of the staff and our new payroll system. But nothing was really juicy. Um, but when I get to think about what do I want to do? what What's coming up next? And, 
and you know, really thinking about what what can we do to support our mid Atlantic area? Are we going to continue to have winters like this? And I I sure hope not. But what happens if we do? And so you know, we're talking to Big Snow to see what options we have there. We're trying to do some stuff down there for the summer. One of the challenges with Big Snow is that you know they're they're sort of structured on these two hour blocks and. So that doesn't really align with our whole day clinic um, framework. And so we're trying to think about, you know, different ways around that. Um, and, you know, some of the other things we saw this year is like we saw a CS event that was done two Friday nights, two different weeks on Friday nights. And that was a great event to support some of our younger members who had trouble getting out of school and needed to work on the weekends but could get there for Friday nights. And so can we do nights? Can we do events that are split over multiple weeks? Are we able to support those types of things that might make it easier for members to get to events and participate in them? Um, there's a, there's some other ideas I'm mulling over, um, but I, I'm going to keep those a secret to like get them a little more fleshed out. But, you know, education wise, um, I want everybody to know you're going to, it's on our website. You're going to see it in the snow pro. You'll probably start seeing it on social media. We are doing a member survey right now. And, and the point of the survey is to try to figure out how can we increase our value as an organization to you as a member, to the resort where you work and to the guests that you serve. And, you know, I, that's what my mission is when I'm out on my listening tour. That's what I'm trying to figure out. And, but I could only get so many places and I really wanted to hear from more voices. So please, it takes about five minutes. Go on our website, find the link online. Please complete the survey. We really want your input about what types of programs, what types of things that we can do that will increase your value. Um, the other thing we have planned for this summer is I think one of the things that's tricky about the education side is is trying to figure out what event you want to go to. We have so many on the calendar. How do you how do you narrow it down? How do you find that event? And so we're going to work on trying to put something on our website that will help you search and find events that will kind of align with what you're trying to work on and then point you to where that event is and when that event is versus you having to look at each day and go, well, I could go this day or I could go to this location, what's being offered then or there. So I'm hoping that that'll help. One of the questions on the survey is actually this year we brought back our event poster, but the event poster was all assessments. One of my questions is, would it be better if the event poster was all the educational opportunities? Um, I don't, I don't know what's better to put on there. Maybe it's the level ones and all the educational opportunities. We can't put everything. Otherwise, you'd need a magnifying glass to read it. Um, but, um, you know, what, what's, what's going to help people to find the events that they want to go to? And, and then lastly, you know, I, we've got Angelo here on the call with us. Um, last year, I created a new education committee. So in the past, um, you know, Chris Erickson, as an example, on the Alpine side was our certification and education chair. And with everything that was going on in the certification side, there just really wasn't bandwidth left to think about the education pieces. And so Angelo is chairing a new education committee that is multidiscipline, multi-platform. So it's not just thinking about what Alpine events we can do, but what events do we need to do in all the disciplines and what events can cross different disciplines 
And then should it be something that we offer online? Is it a webinar? Is it an e-learning course? Is it an on-snow activity? And so I'm, I'm, you know, are we going to do more education stuff? Let's look at Angelo and his team. And I certainly hope so. so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's on, it's, it's on the podcast, fam. People are going to hear it. They're going to go, Angelo, what have you been doing? <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a little bit of pressure. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, actually, we're uh, well, today is Monday. We're kicking off our first meeting for the post-23 season on Wednesday, and the, the team's fired up. Got the email chain going and uh, a couple new members, lots of experience, lots of disciplines. Um, it's a fiery crew. They're, they're ready to dig in. So we have some ideas and uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, I think we can guarantee some new and interesting stuff for next season. Cool. Great. I'm really excited. Yeah. And and something that was new for both of you the last few years, I'm not sure if you've been on it much, but it's, I know both of you caught the telemark bug. I mean, oh, Angelo's been trying to do it. You even, Angelo, you even uh, ripped at National Academy, and I say ripped on, uh, was it Wednesday afternoon? I think you said it was at National Academy with Greg Dixon, the coach. You had your telly gear on. You rented some out there. I did. Um, so, no, I, yeah. yeah. Uh, Wednesday elective, um, Jim Shaw had a, a bunch of gear and I got to go out in Greg Dixon's group for, for the afternoon. It was, it was really fun. It was terrific. Uh, so, so both of you have that bug. Now, Kath, were you on the telly gear at all this winter? I wasn't. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> there just was not enough hours in the day. Um, I did, I did get a skate skiing lesson this winter. Yep. So over at Jackson Gore, I went out and got a lesson on how to skate ski. So that was very cool. Um, I loved loved every minute of it. It's, I really want to continue to promote our cross-country discipline and find more opportunities to get people out there to try those events and, and see our amazing staff that we have out there. Um, but as far as telly goes... I definitely had it in my sights. My goal was to go for my level two this year, but I'm not going to go till I'm ready. I, I, I need to spend, I need personally, I believe I need to spend more time in the off east and in the bumps and in the trees. So I feel more comfortable in those environments. Uh, and I didn't have enough time to practice. And, yeah. and also, you know, we, Unfortunately, because there's not a lot of Telmark members, we don't run that event very often. So I actually had a conflict for when that event was running too. So that didn't that didn't actually help. Um, yeah. And then I had some knee injuries, things that were acting up, and that didn't help when I when I went to try to think about going in my telly gear. I just went, no, that's. I, I kept looking at my listening tour, and I'm like, I can't blow up my whole listening tour because yeah. I went out and tried to telly. So. So it's on the list for next year. Yeah. Well, we, we got to get out because we didn't get out. I don't think we got out last year. We didn't get out this year. So we're going to have to get out next year and get on it and do some stuff because Angela wants to get out with me. I want to get out with him. So we'll see what happens. This is some other. I had Charlie Knopp is telling now he he took it up and uh and uh jay nation got him on it and then they surprised don sensenig when he got out there out west with them and and uh it was like all of a sudden he's I, they were telling the story charlie's putting the boots on and don thought he was putting on his boots so what are you doing with my boots he's like no no these are mine those aren't yours he didn't know he was telling so it's like surprised the heck out of him but it, it's fun and and so i just i hope i'm kind of trying to Keep encouraging both of you to do that because I know Angela wants to go for the level two also. So we'll have to work on that. 
and and I, I bring it up because it, it these are the things I know you like to do because you, and you do spend time still at Waterville you know that that going back home they still and, and it was interesting I was at Waterville and I saw Lisa director over there and um, went into her office and there you still have a spot in the corner that they still have a desk that's that is Kathy's desk is KB's desk in the corner and she's like yep we're leaving it right there so Kathy can use it when she wants. So even if you're doing some CEO work, you got you got a spot. But uh, how how fun is it to get back? And um, I know there's some cool pictures. I think it was end of the season two. You were there for, I think the pond skim or something. There was some photos or some going on. I mean, how fun is it to go back and and kind of take the CEO hat off if you can when you're there? Can you take the hat off when you're there and just kind of hang out? Yes and no. Right. The the guests don't know I'm the CEO, so that makes it easy. And, uh, and I think it is so crucial for all of us to be out there in the field. And, you know, I, I worked a couple of international groups. I did a little training. I have always said that if I, if it wasn't for, for snow sports, I wouldn't ski, you know, Saturday morning would roll around and I'd go, Oh, I'm tired. It's cold. There's going to be long lines. It's going to be whatever. And I would just go back to sleep. And, and the, you know, the last two years has proven that to me because Lisa's been amazingly gracious and not put me on the schedule a lot. But because she hasn't put me on the schedule a lot on Saturday morning, I go, oh, you know, you've just been on the road for 14 days and you're tired and roll over, go back to sleep or sit on the couch and watch a movie or something. So, um, but that being said, you know, there's so many resorts out there that are desperate for any sort of help. And it used to be you had to commit 30 days or whatever. And now there are places that would love to have your expertise for just a couple of days, just a couple of hours. And and so, you know, I encourage, you know, all of our staff certainly to be getting out there and and finding places to connect with the, the guests and see what's going on. It I know at Waterville when I took the international group and they had me taking the higher level group. I said, no, I want the beginners. And everyone was like, what? Why are you doing that? Where we can have the biggest impact. You know, we can really set those folks up for success. And they shouldn't, the other staff shouldn't be surprised by that, that I show up and I want to go work with beginners. That should be like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. So. Yeah, that's where Mr. Rogan usually is. He's in the, he likes that beginner class, doesn't he, Angela? He's always talking about, he's always coaching a lot of beginners out there in California. He's definitely coaching the beginners. So you have been doing a lot of traveling. You did uh, uh, last year, I think, I don't know if you did it in two parts, but last year you did a big listening tour, uh, maybe in two parts. This year you did it in two parts and you did like two long ones, I thought, this year. Yeah, I kind of actually had, uh, last year it was definitely in two parts. It was two okay. big trips to the south. Um, this year it was kind of a three-part trip. Uh, I did a sh really short one into Pennsylvania and went to, let's see, Ski Big Bear, um, Jack Frost, Elk Montage, um, and then over to um, Winter for Kids. And if you don't know about Winter for Kids, it is just an amazing program. It's a nonprofit organization that focuses on bringing, you know, kids, inner, inner city kids out to experience the outdoor environment. Uh, it's focus. It provides healthy meals for them without there, when they're out there. They actually require them all. It's a six week program 
and they require that they do alpine snowboarding and cross country. And so they get a whole day of alpine morning and afternoon session. Then the next time they come, they do a whole day of snowboarding. The next time they come, they do a whole day of cross country. And then they lap through that one more time. And then the next year when they come back, they can choose which discipline they want to focus on. And I just think that that's just an awesome model, a great way to get these kids engaged, get them outdoors and experiencing the outdoor environment. So definitely wanted, that was, that was one of my goals this year was to get there. So that was my early tour. Uh, then in early February, I wanted to get out. Last year, I went to the deep south. And this year, I wanted to go a little bit more east, west, north. Um, so I did a New York tour up to uh, in the Adirondacks to Snow Ridge and Dry Hill and out to the western part of New York to Buffalo Ski Club, Kissing Bridge, Peak and Peak, Holiday Valley, Hollymont, and back to Bristol, Greek Peak Song, and Bel Air. So that was an awesome swing through all of those spots. And really, the the spot I loved on that trip was uh, Buffalo Ski Center out there, uh, home of Dick Antonelli. And I can't think of his name, Tom. He They have this absolutely amazing adventure program for, I think, the three to five-year-olds, three to six-year-old season-long thing. And they set up all these courses and they use the, like the race paint to mark where to go. And they have things you ski around and over and under. And, and what was so cool about the course was that they would adjust it for the snow conditions, but also for the skill blend that the kids were working on that particular week. And the commitment, Tom's commitment to making that course look perfect to go out and fix it up at lunch so that they could have a good experience in the afternoon. It was really impressive and you know, really professional coach's guide, parent's guide that goes along with it. I know he'd be happy to share it. So if anyone's listening and is inspired by this, feel free to reach out to Buffalo uh, Ski Center. And that, that was that was really, really cool to see. Um, but also just connecting with all the members that, you know, all those different resorts and non-members and staff and directors and owners along that tour was awesome yeah there's a, there's a lot of um energy and excitement i mean a lot of i i've talked to a lot of folks when i've been out there working the last two years and um have definitely have met you you hear about it. even folks that haven't met you but they see your posts on facebook you know detailing your your tour as you're going along and um they they're they're impressed i mean that's what they're telling me they're impressed that you're out there that you're seeing them you're traveling to these places to actually meet with not just you know, i know last year you made some effort to meet with members and with the directors and with some some ceos or general managers whatever their titles were the they the big wigs of the resorts um but you definitely hit in the gamut and they're really impressed that um on all those aspects that you're you're talking with members talking with potential members i mean you can see some of your posts some folks you're skiing with that aren't members yet that may become members um but then definitely the directors and connecting there and but also with the resort operators you've been meeting with quite a few of them to um to kind of collaborate or to chat with them on their concerns or what we can provide which and there's a lot of excitement to that has it surprised you um has it as has it created more excitement or more just chatter than you thought it would when you because i know when you first thought of this it was it was i felt when you first 
put this to the committee when you're looking to do the job, when you're looking to get hired, you were looking at it like, I want to get information. I want to get information to know how I can make decisions. But it seems like it's grown to, you're still doing that definitely, but the people liked the access. Um, is, is that some of it that it's grown to be a little more than you thought it would be? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm still definitely out there to get information. Um, oftentimes, if I get a chance to talk to an owner or a CEO or a GM, oftentimes it's it's very for a very short period of time. I, it it does amaze me sometimes. You know, I'm sitting in there for an hour or more, and I'm always uh, so grateful for their time uh, that they give to me. But uh, but mainly when I get a chance to talk to them, it's to let them know that we are out there that we care, that we are trying to help them attract more guests at their resort. And so if there is anything that we can do to please, uh, we want to know to reach out to me. And that's that's my big message that I'm trying to share with them. Um, and so hopefully over time, as I continue to build those connections, they'll they'll reach out to me. They'll have ideas. They'll, they'll have things that they're looking for that we can help with. And they'll feel confident in giving me a call and sharing that. Um, the other thing it's, it's sort of, you know, it, it's, it has kind of taken on a little bit of its life of its own. And so I do feel, you know, I get these requests. So you should have gone here and you should have gone there. (laughs) It's like, there's, there's only so many places I can go. (laughs) And, and then the posts, you know, they, that's another piece that has kind of taken on a a life of its own. Cause I've tried to, I've tried to share something I learned at the resort, something I learned about the resort. Um, and, but you know, I'm traveling around, I might have X amount of hours to drive. I get to my place, I check my email, I do whatever work I need to do. And then I'm like, Oh, I got to do my post too. And, uh, so I, I definitely get a little behind on my posts. I think people think I'm on this tour of Maine for like three weeks. It was really only <laughs> 10 days. I just was late on my post, but that was the other tour that I did was up into Maine. And uh, wow. so I went to Black Mountain in Maine and Mount Abram. Then I did a short circuit back into New Hampshire to the Jackson Cross Country Center. That's where I took my skate uh, lesson. Yeah. And then back out to Pleasant, Lost Valley, Camden Snowball, and then up to Presque Isle and Mars Hill uh, to... Um, oh, it's escaping me. What's the name of the resort up there? Big Rock. Yep. rock and then back down to saddleback and and sugarloaf for that trip and one of the things i learned when i was up at mars hill is that um from march to september mars hill is the first place in the continental united states that the sun hits and you know listening to you angelo talking about finland and the what the geography was like up there Finland reminded me a lot of Northern Maine. Hmm. You know, it's potato farms, really flat. And then there's this just this big rock, literally, that kind of sticks up the same way that levee sticks up out of the landscape in Finland. And it just, you know, my, I think of New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine as being mountainous. And that's not what that area was like at all. It was really cool to be up there. But I can yeah. assure you, the folks up there, feel as disconnected with our organization as the folks in the deep south do they are just yeah. so far away um, from what we can do so and if, if you have the dream and this isn't the dream of like you have unlimited funds um because 
we hear it a lot. I've been a member now over 30 years and I knew it when I first came in. I didn't have a lot of cash to put out for events. So I went to the ones I had to, um, paid my dues every year. And I did the ones I was going through my cert process and going to my exams at the time. And I can say exam because they were called exams then. So Erickson can't get me on me, but now assessments. Um, and you know, it, to me, personally, it's been such a great journey. I never really thought about that it was super expensive. I didn't have the money all the time to go to, to the ITC, what it was called back then, now Pro Jam, but I didn't go, oh, it's too expensive. I just, I can't go. But I know a lot of people are strapped for money in that. And, um, and I think when we put it sometimes in the scheme of other things, I think about like my bike trainer and I don't use my bike trainer every month, but I have my Zwift, you know, membership and I have my Ruby, the apps that I use for my bike trainer and they're, you know, I don't know, a hundred and something bucks for the year, you know, so much a month. And so when I think of my PSA dues, it's like $11 and 45, uh, $11 and 75 cents or something a month. If I, if my math is pretty close. So I could take, I could go to the bar at the end of the day and buy Angelo, you and myself a beer and be way over that $11 and 75 cents. So depending on what I put it towards, it's not really a lot. And yeah, I don't, I don't ski and work on the ski thing every month, all year, but I'm not on the bike trainer every month, all year, you know? So I know people complain about it, but if we had a little more money that you had a special project that you go, I need this money, you know, how you know what would it be what would that project be um for example i know you did the t-shirts for the um we're, we're selling t-shirts for our eastern team to get money so they get the t-shirt and was it ten dollars out of the 20 goes to them but say we had i don't know five bucks ten bucks more in our dues or just whatever it was for our ten thousand members you know ten dollars by ten thousand members is a lot of money and it's only a couple beers and it's not a couple of beers at a resort, you know, what would that project be? What would Kathy Brennan, the CEO, want to bring forth to the PSA Aussie Eastern membership? Yeah, well, you know, that was that was a jam-packed question, Dave. There was there was so much stuff in there. And and I, so a couple I, of things <laughs> before I answer your question. I apologize if I run out of it, but um you know, what was really interesting now that I've traveled around for two years, one of the things I've really found is that the question of cost, that it's too expensive, really seems to be very resort dependent. I go to some resorts and they're like, yeah, it's a bargain. It's great. And you go to another resort and they're like, oh, wait, it's way too expensive. And I don't know what causes that. I don't know if it's the demographics of that resort. I don't know if it's a cultural thing, leadership. I don't know if it's the experience of the people there. I don't have a good answer for what makes that difference, but the difference is pretty clear. And, and just like you said, I went to one resort. It was actually uh, Ski Big Bear. And I had a chance to sit down with a bunch of their leadership. And Mark Absalon's done a great job of taking some of his younger instructors and putting them into leadership roles. And I had a chance to talk to a couple of them. And, and one of them said right out there, just exactly what you said, Kathy, it's not that much money. It's, you know, it's what I choose to spend my money on. And that's why when I'm out on this tour, that's why my focus is really about value. Because I think if you value it, then you're going to choose to spend the money on it. And so you know, for right now, I'm I'm keeping the dues down where they are. I'm trying to keep the event fees 
down where they are. One of the things I would encourage anyone listening is if you feel like you're grading a great bargain, donate to the Education Foundation. Um, it used to be pretty obvious. You'd get your annual letter. There'd be a, a question there. Hey, how much do you want to donate? Now with the auto pay, you don't get that message anymore. You don't get that little reminder of, hey, you know, you need to make a donation. And, and I have um, created another some other committees I created in the last year is a scholarship committee and also a philanthropy committee. And the philanthropy committee is working to figure out how we can increase donations to our education foundation. And and not just looking at our members for those donations, but looking outside of our membership and where can we get dollars in there that can help support. Now I'm going to tell you things I want to do with that money, right? So help support some of these ideas. And, you know, one of my, one of my first ideas is I would, I love getting out and connecting with the members, but it's just me. And I would love to have a way for us to support more of our ed staff to go out for free outreach days to the resorts in our region. And so our ed staff person gets paid, their expenses are covered, but there's no cost to the resort that they go to visit. And just to to show what we know, um, create some excitement, give some training, help support what's going on uh, for the, the folks back at that resort. Um, some other things I'd like to do from a scholarship standpoint is, you know, another thing I hear is that the reinstatement cost is high and it, and it is. And, and honestly, part of the reason it's high is because we want people to be incented to stay members. And, you know, if we drop it, then a bunch of people decide to leave. I, I don't know what that means for my bottom line. So for right now, we need to keep it where it is. But one of the things that I'd like to do is start writing whether it's a scholarship or a grant or whatever you want to call it, but a, a bigger chunk of money to someone who wants to reinstate. And the way that that's going to work is the director is going to nominate somebody for this scholarship and, you know, says, hey, if this person comes back in, they're going to work to get their level three or they're going to be a trainer at my staff or they might get onto our education staff or they might go on to get on the national team. And I'm not talking about a $200 scholarship. I'm talking about $1,000 to help support their back dues, their reinstatement fees, the events they need to go to that gets them back in. And, and you know, we talked about women earlier. Sometimes it's really hard for a, a mother when she's you know had a couple of kids, she tends to drop out of the organization. And, you know, it's just it's a it's a lot of cost to get back in and so would this be a way to help us get some of those women back into the organization or, or someone that went into the military or, or a father that had young children and was dealing with work and had to drop out of the organization? There's a lot of people out there that we really want to help to get back in. So that's one. I'd like to do an Eastern member school scholarship in the same way that the national organization does. And so a scholarship so that an Eastern school could get some staff to come local and then and then just continue to pay um to to write more scholarships to our members we got a big region we wrote we got 10,000 members we wrote about 200 uh scholarships roughly uh i don't remember the number 25 26,000 in scholarships this last year would love to be able to do more than that and and then the last piece quite frankly goes to you guys and you know i can tell the everybody that's listening here our staff is not paid enough for their commitment to training. We, we ask them to come to training. 
just take a couple of days out of their life to be there a couple of times during the year. And, and we pay them a fraction of what their, their time is worth for that. Um, and they're happy to do it because this is what they love, but they should be compensated better for that. And, you know, also looking at how can we increase their wages? How can they we give the staff more money to cover their expenses? Things like that, I think, would be another important way. If I, if I had more money in the coffers, things I'd like to do. Yeah. What do you think of that, Angelo? I think that's why she's the boss. <laughs> I knew she'd have some stuff she wanted to do. I know she's had some stuff she's wanted to do. She's doing some of them, you know, that they're already done and she's got more. I know she had a big list. I mean, that's, that's the cool thing when she was working to get this job, she had a lot of ideas and wanted to keep growing it. And, uh, which is cool. And, and I, th I think it's energized a lot of people. I mean, to, to hear the numbers that I was very curious because I'm not, haven't been on the board for over a year now. So it's, it was neat. We we're all wondering out there how the numbers were this winter, just in terms of going to events because we had to cancel so many and, and put them in another time. So to hear over 5,000 people going, that's a good number of, of our members going to events this winter. That's huge. And to finally hear us get back up and get into that five figures over 10,000 and the most new members. That's awesome. Those are, those are really awesome showing some, uh, some good stuff that's going on, some value. I think it's showing value. And, and, you know, that's the, and like you said, it's like, what do we want to spend our money on? I know I definitely enjoy going skiing and skiing with all the PSA membership and, and have for a long time. And that's why I do it. It's, it's, it's fun. Um, and my wife pays the dues, you know, I don't see the bill. She just writes a check and she hasn't complained. So it's pretty good. So remember the quarterly auto pay. It's like 34 bucks a quarter. You don't even notice it happens. So. Yeah, she but it, it is. I mean, I get it. I mean, it is. I mean, I know for the house, Dave. It does pay. She's happy when the winter comes, I'm gone. When spring, I'll have them back in the spring, you know, but gone she's, for the winter. That's a, that's a check she's happy to write. Yeah, I know. But but it, it's it's been great, Kathy. And this is Kathy, Kathy Brennan, our CEO here in the Eastern Region for PSIA, AASI, and second time on the podcast. Thanks so much. And Kathy has been very helpful for us. We, we had definitely one guest we wouldn't have had without Kathy's help that was Angelo's dream. And he's on the wall. Yep. He's behind Angelo's head, too. It was really cool having Wayne on and having that kind of support and um, advocating for us. Kathy is cool to to get us a guest like that. Angela was just joking around and then to actually have Wayne and have him on speed dial now and chat with him is, is pretty cool and to have him on the podcast and it's definitely cool having you on. So um, anytime and that you want to come on or let folks know, we have at least five listeners, right, Angela? At least. And I'm one of them. So you had at least four. So four is like four. All yes. that traveling around I do, what do you think I yeah. listen to? Yeah. So, no, it's it's been fun. And um, it's great to see the work you're doing. And I know a lot of folks out there are happy with it. And it's too bad you couldn't have done National Academy and Interski in the same year. But that's a lot to take out of your wallet. So yeah, Exactly. That, my vacation budget. I got to spend something yeah. for the golf course and save something for the golf course. <laughs> the golf course is pretty wet today, but they should dry out soon. But uh, thanks very much. And um, well, definitely, I know we'll be in touch about some things here just in the job and that. But um, thanks for coming on the podcast. And Angela, that was fun, bud. Yep. Thanks, Thank Kathy. you so much to you guys for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, appreciate to 
Yeah. Share thanks. What's going on. thanks. Hey, thanks to everybody out there that's listening. Hopefully there's more than four. We have a few more subscribers than that, but if you liked the podcast, please like it on YouTube and subscribe on YouTube or like it on the podcast. This has been the fall line with chaos and company.